I'm Diana, and I love printing and design, typography and branding, books and publishing. I've traveled the world learning about trends to share with my students and with my readers. But I haven't forgotten where I started, writing papers about paper on paper. And now, I've created a podcast to share what I know with you. So, let's talk paper scissors. Can listening to music make us more creative? Some sources point to yes, others point to no. And in a fascinating 2019 article by Time entitled, Does Listening to Music Stimulate Creative Thinking or Stifle It? Author Markham Heed shares the results of a series of studies, the findings of which point to both yes and no. For example... A 2019 study published in the journal Applied Cognitive Psychology found that listening to familiar or unfamiliar vocal or instrumental music while you work significantly impairs creativity. However, it's important to note that the tasks participants were asked to complete in this study were a series of word puzzles that likely required significant focus. So while these types of analytical tasks perhaps demand silence, there are other types of open-ended creative tasks in which studies show that creative thinking can be heightened through listening to music. A 2017 study in the journal Plus One found that listening to happy music, defined as classical tunes that were upbeat and stimulating, helped participants tackle divergent thinking tasks. Think about a traditional brainstorming session that includes coming up with unexpected combinations of ideas and linking information together in unconventional ways. This is the type of open-ended creative thinking that music can help promote. Happy music can help us think outside the box. While researchers in the study can only theorize about why happy music helps, the team suggests that music energizes the brain to promote a more flexible thinking style. Furthermore, music can lower anxiety and improve mood, which promotes an environment that facilitates creative insights. Further research suggests that music can stimulate the brain's default mode network, which allows us to connect disparate ideas to promote creative insights. So listening to music can be the subtle diversion that our brains need to relax, but still be able to ponder the task at hand. If you're looking for creative inspiration, crank up the jams. If you're looking to focus and work on a detailed creative task, hit pause. In an interesting interdisciplinary initiative by auto manufacturer Kia, in partnership with SoundCloud and working with DeHouse Audio and world-leading synth builder Arthur Jolie, the world now has access to the Kia instrument, a free digital synthesizer that anyone can use to compose music derived from the sounds of movement in nature that have been scientifically proven to enhance creativity through the production of pink noise. Pink noise increases alpha waves in the brain and induces a flow state that facilitates creativity. There are four neuroscientific parameters that Kia suggests considering when composing music using the Kia instrument for maximum impact. The first is beats per minute. 120 beats per minute is the tempo suggested to synchronize to one's heartbeat, eliciting positive and calm focus. Number two is harmonic progressions. 
Harmonic variations are better remembered by the listener and have been shown to activate areas in the brain. Number three is melodic intervals. These create a sense of movement and establish a sense of anticipation, this kind of pleasurable longing that is central to inspiration. And number four is texture, layering the sounds of movement in nature to create layered pink noise. There are eight recorded sounds to choose from. Thunder, a geyser, forest, forest birds, wind, water, beach, and forest at night. I'm not 100% sold on the Kia Instruments advertised benefits, but I do think it's an interesting approach to what I can only imagine as being an elaborate marketing vehicle used to enhance the automaker's redesign and rebranding efforts as an innovative organization. The instrument was used to create Kia's new sound logo, the backdrop underlaid in their commercials when their visual logo and their slogan, Movement That Inspires, is shown. The instrument has also produced sounds that chime in the Kia vehicles. So my best guess is that they designed the Kia instrument to elicit global publicity, hoping for organic virality through the campaign. Now, the Kia Instruments story behind its creation video plays as a two-minute commercial, kind of interweaving images of the instrument's interface, fashionable people walking through nature wearing impractical outfits, and Kia vehicles. So the marketing angle to the story is for another conversation, on another day. I mean, I sound a bit salty, but I do actually think it's a pretty neat initiative. However, as it relates to listening and creativity, I'm curious as to how the music made through the Kia instrument would perform under the same conditions as the first study I mentioned. My prediction is that it wouldn't perform well on these same types of focused tasks, just as all other familiar or unfamiliar vocal or instrumental music proved unhelpful in this process of solving creative puzzles. Furthermore, the brains of participants who listened to music made on the Kia instrument were studied using EEG technology, which demonstrated that the music brought them closer to a flow state. I'd be really curious to see how other happy music performs under the same test conditions. My guess is that it would fare just as well. Clever marketing aside, it's clear that music, either produced through the Kia instrument or through traditional means, has its place and time in the creative process. And today's guest lives and breathes in the world of music. Kalia Ramu is a professional jazz vocalist and also an incredible visual artist, whose voice you're hearing right now. As a band leader and performer, Kalia has a passion for storytelling and reinventing old jazz music. In 2019, Kalia released her debut full-length album, Living in a Dream, from which the title track, an original song, was featured on the soundtrack of the CBC show Frankie Drake Mysteries. In this conversation, Kalia describes how listening is quintessential to performing live music, as well as how making music happens in a virtual environment. Kalia shares how she actively listens to a piece of music as a professional and how we can all benefit from this type of meditative music listening experience too. On with the show. I am a 
jazz singer, performer, uh, visual artist as well, and I teach music uh, to kids, private lessons. So that's kind of the professional view <laughs> of who I am. Um, and I guess to talk a bit about more what I love about what I do um, in singing, performing, is a little bit different maybe than certain musicians. I connect more to the idea of connecting with an audience and sharing music through performance rather than just doing art for myself, uh, which is also a beautiful thing, but I, I definitely connect more towards the um, experience, um, you know, taking a break from reality and sharing a moment with an audience uh, and bringing them into the world of whatever song um, is happening uh, that I'm singing. So yeah, just sharing connections and um, creating something beautiful, a beautiful experience with other people as well. So good. And there's a really great book out, sorry, that just reminded me of this book called The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. And she kind of, uh, she talks about this kind of creation of an experience about a gathering and we're starting to rethink that as we come out of the pandemic like mm -hmm. what gatherings worked before that we can carry on and move forward into this new world and what can we kind of leave behind and and do in a different way or not at all and so I love that you mentioned this idea of this self-contained kind of just otherworldly experience that is live performance live jazz performance yeah, what else is art but giving, uh, you know, a different opportunity for you to live a different life or experience a different um, environment, you know, do something that you're not used to. Yeah, be taken out of your, your everyday and, and get to experience something novel. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's also why so many people love music, especially live music, because it gives them, you know, a novel experience. Totally. Absolutely. And you are an incredible vocalist, incredible. And I would imagine that your role within what you do involves actively listening to the other musicians that you are creating music with. So can you just tell me a little bit about what that is like and how do you practice listening while you're performing? For sure. Thank you, by the way. Um, so performing live with musicians like Basically, number one most important thing is to be listening because when, especially in jazz, um, you have to play off of each other a lot and you're literally interacting through the music. You're having conversation through the music. And so if you stop listening, you're missing a part of the conversation and you could get lost or you could respond with something that doesn't have to do with the conversation, right? So I think it's very different than singing to a track. Um, where you're just following along. When it's live, the leading and following is exchanged. It's constantly exchanged between the musicians. Um, so there's a very natural flow. And uh, if you don't listen, like I said, you may get lost. The beautiful thing about playing with musicians um, more than once, like I have a band that I play with um, very often and we or at least we used to <laughs> starting to again post pandemic um and whenever like once in a while i will get lost or you know performing live there's a lot of different distractions so if i do get lost the band is so good at you know they're listening to me 
right, as well as each other. And so they can tell, okay, wait, she needs, you know, to find a way back in. And so sometimes they'll give me a note where I need to come in or they look at me and they extend their solo in case I didn't come in on time, you know. So and it works both ways. If a musician gets lost, we kind of, you know, guide him uh, back into the song. So it's really important within the band to be listening to each other um, and we keep each other in the loop. And that's such a neat, uh, a neat kind of visual for me is that conversation in jazz music. And, and you're absolutely right. And it didn't quite put two and two together. But I think you're the perfect person to talk to because of the live performance uh, kind of um, nature of what you do, but also the fact that it is jazz, that it is a bit more improvisational. It is a bit more of this give and take and listening back and forth. So mm -hmm. th yeah, thank you for sharing that insight. Yeah, it's also part of the excitement of performing because especially in jazz, but I think in other genres as well, uh, there's aspects of improvisation and not only the actual act of, you know, improvising on your own, but together um, mm. and interacting within that. So it's so much fun to like, you know, what's going to happen tonight at this performance? It's never the same. And it's always a lot of fun with the with the musicians that I choose. You got to find the right group to uh, to vibe with. And how is listening in a live setting different from making music, for example, in a virtual environment? Because I see that you do this fairly frequently. You're, you oftentimes post uh, making music with musicians who you're obviously not in the same locations at the same time. So I just love to get a sense of like, wh what is that dynamic like? You're yeah making music virtually. So that's actually something relatively new. I, I don't think I ever did that before the pandemic. And so once we got into that stay at home uh, restriction, it was very strange. And for a few months, I didn't make any music at all. Like it was a very isolating, uncomfortable time for musicians, especially, and I'm sure many artists. But yeah, having uh, our a career so much based on performing live and interacting with each other that suddenly was just gone. So it was very strange and when I began um, this series of videos that I called Quarantine Collabs, I would uh, feature a different artist in each one and basically we would get together, choose you know a song we were doing, um, an arrangement, how we were going to play the song and how we divided it up and then they would record their part on their own, kind of imagining what I would do in their head, which is incredibly difficult, um, especially for people that don't do this often. And so they're all super talented. They would send me this track and then I would sing along to it. Um, so we had to find a way of merging <laughs> and interacting without actually doing it in person. So it's definitely a very different um, side to music. Um, there's no leading and following anymore. I mean, there's a little bit because, you know, I, I work, I interact with their recordings. So in that aspect, there is. But yeah, it's very different. Um, there's in live music, there's a lot more distractions from the audience, from the venue and the staff working. There's usually uh, food being eaten and, you know, all these noises, um, which I've gotten used to. That's kind of my thing. So I'm more, more at home within that. It also completely different where like in your mind when you're performing live you know it's not being 
recorded. It's not like, you know, people won't be able to hear it over and over and over again, unless you record a video, of course. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit different in that sense where you're not in your head, you're not being a perfectionist, you're not overthinking anything, which you can do when you're in the studio or recording from home, right? Often with those videos that I did with um, featured guests virtually, I would spend hours recording my parts, just like perfecting everything. Also being the person who has to do everything. I had to learn how to record myself from home. I had never done that before and mix the audio um, and edit the videos. So it was a whole bunch of new stuff that um, it was fun to learn and great to keep making music, but it was very isolating um, and very different from live performance. And I can completely relate. Different, but the same. So teaching online oftentimes, so what that does for me and for my students is it, if, it allows me to record myself, right? So I record my class and I do my spiel and I post it up for students to watch. But there is that level of like, that I, it's recorded, it's out there, <laughs> it's forever more shared with the world. And I feel like perhaps... I lose a bit of that spontaneity and that interaction, those interactions with students that you have in the live classroom, kind of like the way you perform live. But yeah, it's that that censoring piece mm -hmm. as well, or that editing or that inner critic that knows that thing that you did will live on, on the internet <laughs> yeah. forever, which changes the dynamic of what you're putting out into the world. Exactly. Yeah. It's almost a little bit more contrived or like you tone it down a little bit, I guess. Right. That's why I actually uh, find this a lot when I'm listening to new artists. Um, I listen to their album and, you know, it's great. I love their music. And then I go see them live. And it's such a big difference for me mm -hmm. personally, at least, where I don't want to say it's better live. There's just a different flavor to it. And I'll often feel that with my own music as well. I'll listen back to my uh, first album and you know, kind of cringe sometimes where I'm like, oh, this is so contrived and like, you know, put into a neat little box where, you know, in performance, performance in person is so much more like loose and exciting, I think. Yeah, it's like the vanilla ice cream cone and then like the funky monkey chunky berry whatever. It's <laughs> yeah, they're the both ice cream <laughs> or the cherry on top. They're both ice cream and maybe they're both made by the same people manufacturer but they're they're very different uh beasts and yeah 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 mainly in jazz i'm talking about i think other genres uh where you know they live within the per, or um recording life like that's their main thing um and you know in shows it's often sometimes they'll have real bands but it's often a big like you know booming tracks and like which is a whole other beast and um their recording music sounds incredible um, very calculated, but, you know, that's their style, so mm. it works for it. Uh, I think in jazz, it's so much better to be live in the studio, playing all together at the same time rather than isolated. Right. But you can definitely make it work. <laughs> it's just a different yes. vibe. I want to know from you, your opinion, like, are there any other areas of your creative practice as a vocalist or even as an artist, let's let's broaden the scope for a second, in which listening plays an important role. Yeah, for sure. Um, so from the beginning, uh, 
I only got into music and singing because I was listening to stuff. My parents would play music around the house um, and just got, really got into music and would sing along. And so that's what brought me in, really. Listening was, you know, it's like everything in music. Um, and again, you can't, you can't hear it. You're not, you know, you, there's no music to be had. <laughs> so actively listening to music is a big thing that I kind of, like the the concept of actively listening where you're not just ha having it on the background but sitting down and paying attention to what's going on in the music um, this is a concept i kind of started uh, learning about in college where um, you can listen and hear out the different instruments that are playing and the different textures and timbres in the music um, it really changes the way you listen to music um, and it's almost like a meditation or like you're fully immersing yourself uh, into the sound and kind of visualizing what's going on there, uh, whether it be an abstract visual visualization or uh, literally seeing, you know, the instruments are here and here and the vocalist in the middle and, you know, so it's a very cool thing to be able to do. Um, it also helps me as a musician to figure out what I want in my recorded music and how I want it to sound. Do I want to imitate this kind of, you know, uh, where the instruments are within the sound stage? Um, so yeah, you can you can find all sorts of inspiration for your own art from other sources, and it's really important to keep listening to a vast uh, variety of things, even things you might think that you wouldn't like. Um, try it out really actively listen to it see what is different what you don't like maybe you don't like it but you know what you don't want in your music now from that you're even learning so that's one way um it's really important to listen i'm not sure how exactly it would react um how it would help within other areas of art um i do often listen to music when i paint but i haven't actually like immersed myself within the music while you know I have okay so <laughs> this actually brings me to another uh, topic I've been painting through the pandemic um, a lot a lot more and I started this series of painting um, famous musicians jazz musicians that I love and so I have this series of portraits um, and I'll often listen to their albums while painting their portraits and i'm not exactly sure that i'm like really thinking about you know what sound let's put it into this art form but i do think passively it you know it helps create a mood um helps me pick the colors and you know it's a little bit more passive in that way but i do think it feels um it feels great to be listening to the artists that i'm painting um yeah I think that's such a neat project or a neat, I shouldn't call it a project, but like uh, a way to approach painting portraits through listening to their music at the same time to mm -hmm. gain inspiration. I think that's such an interesting perspective. Yeah, because I think, I mean, I'm so inspired musically by this, these musicians and I'm merging my two, you know, passions Um for painting and, and music and and uh, we'll see what happens with it <laughs> that's very cool i love that yeah. and 
going back for a second to, to what you mentioned about really actively listening and almost using listening to music as a form of meditation. So as a serial multitasker, <laughs> asking for a friend, mm-hmm. <laughs> as a serial multitasker, how do I, I don't want to say train myself, but how do I learn and practice becoming better at actively listening at that level? Um, I guess, I mean, as with anything, it just, it's practice, right? So sitting down and closing your eyes and trying to imagine, you know, what's going on in the music, even if you uh, are not so good at meditation and sitting down and not doing anything, which, you know, at this age, everybody is kind of like... Yeah, exactly. Too uh, stressed out about everything to to stop moving. But if you wanted to take a pen to paper and just like try to sketch out what you see, like drums here, it doesn't have to be perfect, but like you can even write down drums in the middle and like try to imagine where you're hearing all these instruments. Mm. Um, This is actually a class I took um, at Humber College uh, called Aesthetics. Um, aesthetics of sound aesthetics of music and you're really like we would have to draw out where we saw each instrument and so I guess that does uh, definitely help you hone in on that um, on actively listening Uh, so maybe try something like that Um, it's definitely introduces you to a whole different way of enjoying the music for some, it might actually maybe do the opposite of I've no, I've known some people that like once they've gotten into that, they can't stop doing that. Mm. And they're like, it's kind of stopping me from just enjoying the music. Right. But I don't see it that way. I feel like I can still comfortably um, move from one way of listening to the other, uh, especially if I'm painting while I'm listening. It helps me to, you know not focus too much on where everything is and yeah that's a great exercise and I think that for me anyway is a really concrete way to bridge the gap between like wanting to just do a few things while I listen because I can because I'm not using my eyes or my hands or whatever it's just listening but still being able to remain present with that piece of music Mm -hmm. yeah it can definitely be hard yeah to uh asking for a friend of course yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah also about your question uh before how like other areas where listening is important within um being a musician I think especially for starting musicians it's really important to listen to a lot of different music and what I would do when I was younger to explore my voice was to try to imitate different sounds like Ella Fitzgerald or Sarah Vaughan. I would, they have like Billie Holiday, very classic sounds. And you can, you know, you hear it right away and you say, okay, I know who that's, who's singing, right? So trying different um, impersonations or what's the word for that? Um, yeah, impersonations like, or, or yeah. mimicking the way that their voice sounds yeah exactly so seeing what you can do with your voice and where you can take it because there's so many areas of your voice that people don't explore and I love doing this with my students Um, I teach uh, young kids around you know four to twelve and with vocal students we try so many different sounds and 
like character voices when we warm up just to see you know if your voice can be really small or it can be really like operatic right so there's so much variety that you just have to find you have to explore it and um hearing different people different artists sing and use different areas of their voice helps helps you uh try out new things i want to be your student (laughs) i feel like it's oh my i have never been a singer i've never been a vocalist i am a shower no i don't even sing the shower but i'll (laughs) i'll i'll make a parody song for my kids to try and get them to eat something or something but that's that's the extent of my but yeah i want to be in your class please (laughs) enix we'll have a good time yes (laughs) so i guess my final question for you is around it's a two-parter but it is kind of, do you believe that listening is integral to your creative practice? And I think we've touched on this a little bit, certainly already, but like how can other creatives, no matter the discipline, learn from how you listen as a vocalist? Yeah, I think, so listening, yes, 100%, it's an integral uh, part of being a musician and being a music lover in general. Um, Anyone who enjoys music, trying out that active listening and seeing what they can find and uh, how they can explore the music, it's almost like giving you a whole new view, a whole new experience, a richer experience of the music, um, rather than just listening passively and, you know, humming along. So, I think that's just something so cool to be able to do and to try out and anyone can do it, right? You just have to, you just have to believe. (laughs) You just have to try it out. Um, It definitely takes, it can take a few times. It can take some practice to, uh, especially if you're not familiar with the sounds of different instruments. I don't know, go ahead and Google it and see, okay, this is what that, what does French horn sound like? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many uh, different instruments and different sounds that we can explore and find out um, what they are. And it just enriches your experience, um, which is really a really nice thing to, to add to your uh, <laughs> experience of music. Um, and for other artists, I, I feel like music it's in so much of people's lives like it's such a big part of life and people don't notice how big it is like if you think about it just seeing where all like where music is used in uh tv commercials um you know it's even playing in bathrooms (laughs) it's everywhere um and it's just like i often like walking around and imagining i have a soundtrack to my life (laughs) You know, and we actually, we really do Um, with the music that we listen with, you know, in the car with the radio on. um, It's always on in stores. It's such a big part of life. So, you know, exploring that and digging a little deeper um, into the music and, you know, picking it apart and seeing what you can find. It's a really interesting thing to do. So cool. So cool. And that just gave me an idea, a million dollar idea for Amazon. Not that Amazon needs any more million dollars. But (laughs) I feel like that's what's missing from online shopping is this like sensory musical auditory experience that sets the tone and sets the mood in addition to, of course, the the styling and the, the way that the store is laid out and the merchandising and all that. 
But that is an, a sensory layer that could be added in an online environment. Totally. Right? You can Smell, like, not so much. Genre and then right? <laughs> make it personalized. I actually often have music on when I'm online shopping. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, it just makes it, you know, you're humming along. You're, you're ahead of the it. curve. <laughs> Buy more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Check Dangerous out decision. one bajillion dollars. <laughs> oh, no. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Kalia, for taking the time to chat with us about everything listening and creativity through the lens of a vocalist and of an artist. And I adore your music. I don't listen to a lot of oh. music while I work, <laughs> but I do listen to a lot of uh, female jazz performances while I work like this is that is the genre that I work best to and and you are focus you <laughs> focus me and you're like uh, always on the the playlist so oh, I thank you so so appreciate what you do and and thanks so much yeah thanks Diana thanks for having me whether on vinyl a cassette tape a cd or mp3 I invite you to try listening to a piece of music in the way that Kalia described. Take a few minutes to dedicate to listening, really listening, to a piece of music. Put away all your distractions, crank up the volume, and sit back to listen. Aim to listen to the instruments and the voices, trying to identify what you hear and where. Now, for someone who is actively overcoming the guilt of inefficiency, this one is hard for me. But I'm going to try my best to really make listening to a piece of music an experience. I anticipate friction and frustration and wanting to do something else while I listen. However, I think I owe it to myself to really try this exercise and see where it takes me. I encourage you to do the same. I will leave you today with Kalia's beautiful voice. Enjoy. It's not that I'm moving, no reason to cry. No suffer or heartbreak, no tears in my eye. This high thread count, Betty, is simply divine. Well, I've got nothing to do but bask in the sun. The day turns to evening and I'm still.